Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, B'Shem Yeshua. Now, as we look at this holiday, we pray you would speak to us. Amen. Amen, Lord. Thank you, God, for your word. So two versions of this holiday story. <clears throat> the, in first and second of the, the first and second of the four books of Maccabees, which is uh, not part of the Masoretic mainstream Jewish canon, but part of the Greek Jewish canon known as the Septuagint, the Hasmoneans rather separated the, celebrated the victory over the Seleucids with the cleansing and the rededication of the temple to God in 165-164 BCE for eight days, and it says, like the festival of Sukkot, second. Maccabees 10.6. So that's what it says. It's, that's the verse. I looked it up. Eight days, and actually, interestingly enough, eight days of altar sacrifices, really, is what they were. Not menorah lights, not Hanukkah, Hanukkah lights, but of altar sacrifices on the altar for eight days, is what it says if you read the account in the uh, the book of Maccabees, this, the second book of Maccabees. And then the second version is in the Talmud. In rededicating the temple, there was found one cruise or vial of olive oil with the seal of the high priest, enough for one day's burning. And it, they lit the menorah, not the Hanukkah like we're looking at here, but of course the eight branch, you know, seven branch or, you know, one in the middle that was in the temple and the, and the Mishkan, the, the tabernacle as well. And um, they lit that, and it lasted for eight days. And so that is not mentioned at all in the book of Maccabees. It's not even mentioned there. So in number one, the first one, story, version, we're emphasizing the miracle of the few over the many. In the second one, we're pointing to the miracle of the oil lasting eight days. Now, with the destruction of the temple in 70 CE, the emphasis moved to the local synagogue, and the focus of Hanukkah shifted to the oil legend, to number two. However, with the rebirth and the growth of the state of Israel, the focus there really is very much on the military victory, or number one. And so, and it's very interesting because we really don't see this record of the oil burning anywhere except in the Talmud. It's not really in Maccabees historically at all. Now, <clears throat> but it's Either way, we can celebrate both because God did a miracle. And I love this. I don't know who first penned it. I don't know if, uh, I remember, I think I saw it in a Jews for Jesus pamphlet years ago. Maybe it was uh, someone there that came up with it first. But without Hanukkah, we'd never, we'd not have Christmas. 
And I love that. Without Hanukkah, we'd not have Christmas. Think about it. The, the Jewish people would have been assimilated and wiped out. There'd be no Joseph, no Mary or Miriam, no Yeshua, period. Think about it. No word of God. Remember in the book of Maccabees, it says the scrolls, that what happened under Antiochus Epiphanes, he called himself God. Epiphanes means the manifest God. Antiochus, he, he proclaimed, he, king of Syria, he claimed himself to be God. You know, he commanded all the Torah scrolls to be burned. And there, without Hanukkah, there all the, there'd be no gospel taken, that would have been taken to the nations. So you wouldn't have a Bible. You wouldn't have a Bible without Hanukkah. And you definitely wouldn't have a Christmas tree if you have a Christmas. No, but you wouldn't have a Christmas. You wouldn't have Christmas without Hanukkah. It's amazing. So what happened? The story. The Jewish people had adopted the Greek ways uh, of Hellenism. Basically, we call it Hellenism. They'd abandoned God's ways of the temple sacrifices and of his word. And for this reason, it says in 2 Maccabees 4, heavy disaster overtook them. They admired and they desired to completely assimilate, to completely imitate the culture around them. 2 Maccabees 4 uh, account gives the account. Now, the word of God says clear, you know, that God had told the Jewish people, Leviticus 18.3, I'll just mention a few verses, you must not follow the practices of the land of Egypt where you used to live, and you must not follow the practices of the land of Canaan, Canaan, to which I am bringing you. You must not walk in their customs. Jeremiah 10, verses 1 and 2. Hear the word that Adonai, the Lord, speaks to you, house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the nations. Don't copy. Don't learn the way of the, people, the culture around you. Don't learn the way of the nations. Or, as we would say in the New Covenant, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this current, present age, this world. So this is, this is what happened, and the Jewish people were being conformed to the culture, the Seleucid, the Greek, Syrian, whatever culture we want to call it, around them. And, but there were a band of Jewish people during the time of Antiochus the King Antiochus IV, who decided not to give in to this, these enticing and later forced assimilation and Hellen, Hellenization of embracing the pagan Seleucid culture around them. And the, then later, the prohibition of Jewish observances and worship of the God of Israel. And this was launched by father, the father, by Mattathias, who interestingly enough parallels Pinehas in Numbers chapter 25. Remember, this man, we read in Numbers 25, he killed an Israelite man for, a Jewish man for lying with a Midianite woman uh, near the tabernacle. He speared him, remember, and God, you know, blessed him for it. He's, um, he took vengeance. No one, no one else was taking action, and he did. And then afterward, by his son, not only Mattathias started it, but then afterward, it was led afterward by his son Judah, Judas or Judah, and they became the Maccabees. Now, this is thought to be an acronym for the battle, their battle cry, as I mentioned last week, Micha Mocha Be'elim Adonai. Let's try that, Micha Mocha 
Who is like you among the gods, Adonai? Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? From Exodus 15, 11, which they sang as they carried the name of God on their shields into battle against the enemy. So they stood up against the edicts. They died in many cases. They fought back, and they eventually won through God's help. The few over the many, the weak over the strong, not by might, let's say it, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Beautiful. In Zechariah 4, 6. Now, God calls this zeal my zeal that Finney has had, and this is the same zeal that Mattathias had and, and uh, Judah had. He calls it uh, Kinati, Kinati in Numbers 25.11, he says it was my zeal. I think he says it two or three times. He uses this word three times. The, but it, this word zeal, kana, means to protect ownership. He says this is my zeal, protecting ownership. It's my zeal he had. Now, 2 Maccabees 8.16 tells us that Maccabeus gathered, I'm quoting from this book, again, not scripture, but history, tells us that Maccabeus gathered his men together to the number of 6,000, and we'll get to the scriptures in a second, and exhorted them not to be frightened by the enemy and not to fear the great multitude of Gentiles who were coming against them, but to fight nobly. He says, listen to this, for they trust to arms and acts of daring, but we trust in the almighty God who is able with a single nod I love that. With a single nod to strike down those who are coming against us and even the whole world. And it says, with these words, he filled them with good courage and made them ready to die for their laws and their country. He appointed Eliezer to read aloud from the holy book, from the word of God, from the scriptures. And they slew more than 9,000 of the enemy. 2 Maccabees chapter 8, all, I could give you the exact verses, well, it's 18, 21, 23, and 24, all in chapter 8. Now, what was the passage of Scripture that Judah quoted actually twice? I thought it was just once, but twice he quoted, twice in 2 Maccabees, not only chapter 8, but also in chapter 15. So I went back and looked through to instill them with courage in these battles that they had to fight. Does anyone know? It was, it's actually several times in the Bible. It's in Isaiah chapter 37, and it's in 2 Kings 19, and it's also a little bit of it in 2 Chronicles 32. So Isaiah 37, 2 Kings, actually 36 and 37, actually 2 Kings 18 and 19, and 2 Chronicles 32. So look at, let's look at 2 Kings 18, if you turn there. 2 Kings 18. Because if this scripture is what inspired them and enabled them to get the victory, it would, it would be good for us to look at it, wouldn't it? And we can get a lot of help from it and actually a lot of insight into spiritual warfare because that's what it was. And so background, let me give you a little background of it. 2 Kings 18 and 19, the cast was four, 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 we'll give you four people. King Hezekiah of Judah, the main people, 
King Hezekiah of Judah, King Sennacherib of Assyria, then the Assyrian general called the Rabshakeh, and then Isaiah the prophet. All right? So let's read some of the words that the Maccabees heard, which helped them gain the strength to win the victory over Antiochus and his armies. Now, having already conquered Israel, the Assyrian king Sennacherib invades Judah with his army and surrounds Jerusalem. He comes and surrounds Jerusalem, but it will become a disaster for Assyria and a victory for Judah. It's already conquered Israel. For first comes a negotiation, and it's a lengthy one, uh, between the, the Rabshakeh and the Judeans, for which we can gain, as I said, a lot of insight into our spiritual, the nature of our spiritual warfare today. And as we'll see as we look at this, the enemy tries to frighten us into surrendering. He makes offers of compromise. And he constantly attacks God's reliability. And King Hezekiah seeks the Lord and he seeks advice from Isaiah. We'll see. Now, it's so important to reject, and this is what King Hezekiah does. He also to reject the, the fiery and quench the fiery arrows of the evil one, which discourage and to pray to seek God to receive his words of promise and seek his glory. So 2 Kings 8, I'm going to look at, I'm going to just point out several verses because you'd have to go through the whole, to both these chapters and see, but I'm going to go through several verses. Verse 13, now the 14th year of the king Hezekiah, king Sennacherib of Assyria, marched against the fortified towns of Judah and he sees them. So he sees them. So king Hezekiah, he says, I've done wrong. He, he, come, he sent word to the king of Assyria and he says, I've done wrong. Withdraw from me whatever you impose and I'll, I'll bear. So he's, he's trying to appease him and he's trying to compromise here. And so the king of Assyria imposed on the king, on King Hezekiah of Judah, and it was a bunch of money. Then verse 15, King Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of Adonai as well as in the treasures of the royal palace. So he's trying to appease him and buy him off, you know, get it so he'll, he'll stop, he'll, he'll leave him alone. And he's uh, and he even gives him the gold in verse 16 from the doors of the temple of, Adon, of the Lord, from the doorposts, and he gave them to the king of Assyria, verse 16. Then the king of Assyria, 17, sent uh, his, uh, the, the, these people, then the Rabshakeh, and with a great army to King Hezekiah. And so they went. Verse 19. So the Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What is this confidence you've relied upon? You say you have a plan and military force for the battle. They are only words of a lip. Who do you, now, who do you rely on now so that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you, have, you rely on this splintered reed as a staff, Egypt. So they're partly relying on Egypt. If a man leans on it, he'll, it'll go into the palm of his hand and pierce it. Thus Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to those who trust in him. But if you say, verse 22, but if you say to me, we trust in Adonai our God, 
Is not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has, he has removed? Verse 23, so now make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. All right, so let's compromise, compromise in all this negotiation. Verse 25, moreover, I have, now, I have now come up against this land to destroy it without Adonai's approval. Or, or I'm sorry, he's asking as a question. Have I, not, have I now come up against this land to destroy it with, without Adonai's approval? No, God sent me. Your God sent me. Adonai said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Can you believe this? He's, he's lying, and he's saying, this is what the enemy does. He's saying, the, the Lord, your Lord, God actually sent me to do this, to destroy you. Verse, go down to verse 28. He, he speaks in the language of the Jews, Hebrew. He tells them to speak in Hebrew rather than Aramaic. Uh, uh, Rabbi cried, with, well, he tells them not to. He doesn't want them to because he want the people to understand because this whole battle, listen, is a, is a battle between which voice we're going to listen to. What voice are we going to listen to? What voice are we going to listen to? It's a battle for our attention. What voice are you going to let filter through your mind and either paralyze you or free you? Either, in, either fill you with strength or fill you with fear. And that's the spiritual battle. And this is what happens here. So they're spe- he's speaking to them and he says, in the language of the Jews, that's Hebrew, hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Verse 29 now. Thus says the king, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Wow. Nor let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in Adonai by saying, Adonai will surely deliver us. This city, he says, Who's, who, don't let him persuade you to trust in his God. Don't listen to Hezekiah, verse 31. Make peace with me. Then everyone will eat from his own vine and fig tree and everyone will drink. It'll be great. Everyone will be fine if you just listen to me and you compromise. Don't listen to Hezekiah, again, verse 32, when he misleads you by saying, Adonai will deliver us. You know, the Lord will deliver us. Don't listen to your king, he's telling the people. Don't listen to your leader and tell that to trust in the Lord. Have the gods of the nations delivered this land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of... And he mentions all these other gods of other nations. He said, none of them helped from them. He's comparing them to other nations. He says, have they ever helped the Sumerians' gods? Their God? He says, we beat all of them, and we'll beat you too. You see what's happening here? And it's, it's just such a parallel to the enemy, what he does in attacking. He says, where does it help? Your God's not going to help you. But the people, look at verse 36. This is so great. But the people were silent and did not answer him a word. Why? For the king's commandment was what? Verse 36. What was the king's commandment? Yeah, don't answer him. Don't say it. Don't respond. Don't respond. Don't engage him. Don't engage. It's not going to help. Don't engage it, because it's not going to help. And so when King Hezekiah heard it, verse, chapter 19, verse 1, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and he went to the house of God. So he goes to the Lord, and, to, and he sends for Isaiah the prophet, verse 2. And 
He says, thus says Hezekiah in the day of distress. And he goes to Hezekiah. Then he says, he sent, has sent you to mock the living God with rebuke. With, will rebuke, sent to mock the living God, will rebuke the words which Adonai your God has heard. So offer prayer for the remnant that is left. Verse 4. And the officials heard of Hezekiah. He came to Isaiah, said to them, Thus you will say to the, your master, Thus says Adonai, Do not be afraid of the words you have heard, with which the boys have said to me, And, and you've blasphemed me. The king of Assyria have blasphemed me. God says, the battle isn't against you. It's against me. It's me that they're attacking. So it's not against you, Hezekiah. Don't be afraid. It's not you. It's me. And that's a principle, isn't it, for all of us? When we feel like we're, we're not, you're not the ones being attacked. It's the Lord in you. It's who the Lord is. You're his servant. You're his child. Don't let the, the God in whom you trust deceive you. That's what he's, the, me, the messengers come back from, to Hezekiah saying, don't let the God in whom you trust deceive you. That's in verse uh, 10. Back and forth this goes. And verse 14, then Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went to the house of Adonai. He, so he got this letter back saying, don't let him deceive you. It's not going to work. You're, you're done. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers, read it, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord again, and he spread it before the Lord. This is, my, I think, the most favorite part of the passage. Hezekiah prayed before Adonai, saying, Lord, God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, Lord, you're in, you're in charge. Lord, I'm getting my eyes on you, basically, he's saying. You alone are the king, or God of the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. Isn't that what we do? We go to prayer. We say, Lord, you're in charge. I'm getting my eyes off of the circumstances, off of all that's going on. You're in charge. And he prays, and he, uh, and he, and he says, incline your, and he intercedes, incline your ear, Adonai, and hear. Open your eyes, Adonai, and see. Listen to the words of Sennacherib that he is sent to mock the living God. Again, it's not me. It's you. And he goes on down in verse 19 in his prayer. Now Adonai, our God, save us from the, his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Adonai, our God. The issue isn't me, us. The issue is your glory, Lord. You getting the glory. That's the issue. It's not about us. It's about your glory, you being revealed. And so now Isaiah sends the word back from this powerful prayer and he says, thus Adonai, God of Israel, says Adonai, because you prayed to me about King Sennacherib, I've heard you. And God takes up the defense. And God says, look out. Let's go. Whom have you taunt? And you've you got to read the account. Whom have you ta did you taunt and blaspheme? Against whom did you raise your voice, God saying, and lift up? Against the Holy One of Israel, verse 22. You did it. It's against me. He says, you're in trouble. Have not I heard, it sounds like Isaiah 40 in verse 25, have not you heard that I did it long ago from ancient times I planned it, now I have brought it to pass. Then you go down to verse 27, this sounds like, what psalm does this sound like? But I know you're sitting down and you're going out and you're coming in. Sounds like Psalm 139. I'll put, he says, because if you're raging against me, your arrogance, this is against the king, uh, I'll put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I'll turn you back and go down to the bottom. There's 
uh, get some promises for Israel. You'll take root downward and bear fruit upward. For Judah, rather, you'll take root downward, bear fruit upward in verse 31. Great verse. But verse 35, what happens is, then it came about that night that the angel of Adonai went out and struck down how many? 185,000 men of the Assyrian camp. And they rose, the men rose in the morning, and behold, they were all dead corpses. So King Sennacherib of Assyria withdrew, went away, and returned home. God won. Hallelujah. The Lord struck him down, it says. Verse, toward the end of the chapter, the Lord struck him down. The judgment came back. Wow. I've always wanted to read this passage. <laughs> it's a long, a long one. I know it's long, but it's just so powerful. And it's the same thing in Isaiah. It's repeated twice. It's in Isaiah 36 and 37. It's just so powerful how he goes to the Lord and lays it all to God. And he says, I, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm done. But he lays it all to the Lord, puts the letter. I love the way he puts the letter. You know, here's this letter that's full of stuff that's producing all this fear in him. And he says, Lord, I'm putting it before you. He laid it before the Lord. He says, you're, in, you're the God. You dwell between the cherubim, Lord. You're in charge. Lord, you take charge. You do it. And God takes control. God, but it's back and forth, and it was quite a battle, quite a battle. So I encourage you to read it and store it in your heart and mind for the future when you need it in a time of battle. And uh, I know it's, you know, a lot of time to take with, uh, you know, this service today, but but. If uh, we know from, I'll say from the second king's account that the people of God were largely not trusting God or faithful. Some wanted to give, up to give up to Assyria. Others wanted to go down to Egypt for help. And only a minority, only a minority wanted to put their trust in Adonai for deliverance. Similar to the story of Hanukkah. And that's why they, maybe why they kept going to this account too. Another reason, when they were looking to it for help. Only a remnant, the Maccabees, fought back. Only a remnant, the minority. So let's be part of God's remnant today. Don't you want to be part of God's remnant? Not the popular majority, but the unpopular minority that follow the Lord. Second Chronicles 32, verses 6 through 8, also mentions, it's the only part that mentions this, Hezekiah encouraged them spoke to their hearts saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed by the king of Assyria and the whole horde that is against him. For we have, we have more with us than he has with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God, Adonai Elohenu, to help us fight our battles. So the people were encouraged by the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. So, Whatever battle, if you're facing a battle this morning, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But if you are, an obstacle against which you feel you're outnumbered, you're outmuscled, you're outmatched, and can demonstrate um, uh, the Lord is greater and he's stronger than any and all that his chosen people's enemies are and and he can demonstrate that when we trust and obey him. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, said, there are three stages in every work of God. First, it's impossible. 
then it's difficult. Then it's done. Judah Maccabeus turned to the Lord for his help. And we see his reliance upon the Lord afterward in further battles. 2 Maccabees 10, it says, verses 26 and 27, Maccabeus and his men sprinkled dust upon their heads and they girded their loins with sackcloth in supplication to God. They fell upon the steps before the altar. They besought him to be gracious to, to them and to be an enemy to their enemies, an adversary to their adversaries, he says. And rising from their prayer, they took up their arms. In chapter 13, uh, but Judas, it says, Judah Maccabee, ordered the people to call upon the Lord day and night, like we were just singing about, that Crystal was leading us in a little while, day and night, Yom Velilah, they day and night, and he says, they, and they had besought the merciful Lord with weeping and fasting and lying prostrate for three days without ceasing. In chapter 15, Maccabeus stretched out his hands toward heaven, and re that's the same as Judah, and they and called upon the Lord who works wonders, for he knew that it was not it is not by arms, but as the Lord decides that he gains the victory. And he called upon him, O Lord, you did send your angel in the time of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and he slew fully 185,000 in the camp of Sennacherib. So now, O sovereign of the heavens, send a good angel to carry terror and trembling before us by thy, the might of thine arm. May these who come against thy holy people be struck down. So he quoted scripture. He went to the word of God. Now Yeshua showed solidarity with his people during this holiday observance by being in Jerusalem in John chapter 10, we read. As I said last week, he could have stayed in quiet, comfortable Galilee, but instead he walked around 30 hours each way to be there. Now, what did the original Hanukkah look like, quickly? It's not just what we, read, not we, what we typically celebrate. The original Hanukkah that took place, if you read it in Maccabees, it in, the celebration entailed recovering the temple in the city, after which what happened when they won? They tore down the altars, the pagan altars. They destroyed the sacred precincts purified the sanctuary, made another altar of sacrifice, and they offered sacrifices. They burned incense, they lighted the lamps, that's all it mentions, they set out the bread of the presence, and they fell prostrate before, the, prostrate before the Lord. And it says they celebrated it for eight days with rejoicing in the manner of the Feast of Booths, or Sukkot, bearing ivy-wreathed, ivy wands and beautiful branches and fronds, fronds of palm. They offered hymns and thanksgiving to him who had given success to the purifying of his own holy place. They decreed that the Jews should observe these days for every, every year, and such was the end of Antiochus, who was called Epiphanes. That's in 2 Maccabees 10. And what passage was read by the Maccabees at the rededication of the temple at this first Hanukkah? Well, actually, a, a Psalm 30. We're not going to read it now because of time, although I, was, I shared it on a devotional, I think, a couple weeks week last week, I think it was. But uh, it's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 30. You might want to read it. It was read during this time, and in that psalm, it talks about weeping may, may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Stays to lodge overnight, but then it, when it leaves in the morning, it 
takes off and joy takes over. A, 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 a ringing voice of joy, it says, comes when it, it's, when it leaves, the weeping leaves. And then it says, I've turned, you've turned my mourning into dancing, and I'll sing for joy to you. You'll be my God. You're my God forever. It's a beautiful. The Lord will do this for you. He will turn your joy, your sorrow, your mourning into joy, into dancing. And, uh, and he will turn your, 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 you will win your battle as you trust in him. And uh, eight days of celebration, thanking God. Tomorrow night's the first night of Hanukkah. And as I said last week, I mentioned, but tomorrow night is the first night of Hanukkah. There'll be public lighting ceremonies worldwide tomorrow night, Sunday night. Celebrate it with us here. We're going to be here. Have an amazing time celebrating, not in the sanctuary, but in the adjoining, the, the room where we have our own egg. It's going to be a great, or not the own egg room, the other bigger room, larger room. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and then as Jews do everywhere, and those who celebrate Hanukkah, and Jews do it everywhere, if at all possible, place your Hanukkah, place your Hanukkah. This is my grandfather's here, special one to me, this particular one. Place it in at home near a window. As I said, why? Because our faith, I repeat from last week, is not a private one, but a public one. It's open. It's not hidden, thank God. Uh, it's revealed. It's not concealed. We proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Michamocha be'elim Adonai, who is like you among the gods, O Lord. We proclaim Yeshua, who is the true light of the world, the one who works miracles at this season and in every season he can do it. And if we follow and look to the Lord and not to man and stand up against evil, take up our arms and fight, relying on him, we will win as we turn it over to him and fight with him. And so let's, pra let's, uh, let's uh, praise the Lord. I'm a, let's do the second blessing of Hanukkah uh, just together if you know it. Just the second one because that's about he performed miracles. It says he performed miracles for our forefathers in these days, in these days at this time because God is the God of miracles. It's Baruch Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam sha'asa, sha'asa nasim la'avoteinu bayamim ha'hem ba'azman ha'zeh. One more time. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam sha'asa nasim la'avoteinu Thank you, Lord. You do miracles, perform miracles for our forefathers in those days at this time. And Lord, you're a God who does miracles today. And so, thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for, <clears throat> for this holiday and praise you, Lord, for you intervening for historically at this time, Lord. It's such an amazing holiday, Lord. It has so much significance historically and prophetically, which we're not even looking at in the book of Daniel and Revelation, all sorts of things, Lord. We thank you, though, for what you've done and what you will do in our lives and the battles we face, Lord God. And we thank you that you intervened, Lord, and you whacked to power, Lord, and we can depend on you, and you are faithful, and the lies of the enemy 
are garbage, Lord, and we don't have to listen to that voice. We don't have to listen to his lies and to, those, to, to, and to what he says. And, and uh, we thank you, Lord, you are, we are, that you are more than able and you are, you are wonderful. And we can, re, we can turn to you and see you act, Lord God, and know that you are, are more than able. And if, if you're listening today, you're here today, or you're watching today, you've never trusted Yeshua, a simple prayer, open up your heart, humble yourself, say, God, I need you. I'm crying out for you. Lord, help me. I trust Yeshua. Come into my life. I want to give my life to Yeshua. Jesus, you died for me. Messiah Yeshua died for you, gave his life for you so that you could have eternal life, forgiveness of sins. Open up your heart. Receive Yeshua. Say, yes, Lord, I receive you. Trust you. Come into my life. I want to know you, God. And if you're praying that prayer, pray with someone here today, afterwards. Uh, They'll seal that with you, but, you're, but Yeshua coming in, he hears that prayer, God hears your cry, and God answers it. Write us, contact us. Let's stand. We're going to close in the benediction. up his face upon you and is gracious unto you. The Lord bestows favor upon you and gives you his peace. Amen. Bishem Yeshua. Amen.